and I'm showing you this, right? I'm just trying to show you what prayer actually is. It's not this, uh, uh, actually, let's just go to that first slide, Tawana, and then, because I just kind of highlighted some of it. So I think this, is, this will help you guys out, because I think most prayer is this, what we were taught, right? That God's separated from us, and we're praying to him. Is that, is that kind of what the feeling that we all got? And so go get in your closet, don't eat, don't drink, uh, whatever crazy things you've been taught about prayer. Um, and that's just weird to me, because prayer is intimacy. It's, it's, uh, and I always share, if, I, if you can put it into relationships, it would be weird. Like, um, uh, if I wanted to have intimacy with my wife, I, you guys have heard me say this, but this is how I view God, because and, and, he says, I'm your dad, and I'm a, a marriage partner. I'm your covenant. I'm the, king, I'm the groom, and you're the bride. If I wanted to have intimacy with her, I would not tell her to go in a closet and not eat. Right? Yeah, she'll get hangry. And so uh, I want to spoil her. I want to I treat her right. I want to have her a nice dinner and a glass of wine or be intimate with her and fellowship with her. Does that make sense? So I'm not, I'm not praying at a distance to her. I'm, I'm at a fellowship with her. Does that make sense to you guys? So, okay. So you're not praying to a distant God. Where are you? You're seated with him on the throne in heavenly places. And that's what he said. He said, hey, when you pray, do this, is bring heaven down to earth, right? Does that make sense? Now here's, it's, it's, it's very multidimensional because he says not only you're seated on the throne, but then he says you're the temple. And where is he? In you. So in the spirit, we're seated on the throne, but he's right here. He's in your innermost parts. He's in your holiest of holies. He's in your belly is what it says. Rivers of living water are coming to come out of your belly. It's not your gut, gut. It's the innermost part of you. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so if you're trying to pray, beating the, uh, uh, give me some of the things that you guys have been taught. Like, um, um, here's typically what happens. When there's something that, that, something that we need an answer to prayer for immediately or you know, something's going on, they put it on Facebook or whatever, and, they, and we uh, bombard the gates of heaven. You guys have ever heard that? Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, or they do it the other way. I'm going to uh, bombard the gates of hell. Neither of them work because it's not true prayer. Prayer is, is knowing where you're at, and you have intimacy and fellowship with him, and you bring it to pass on earth. Does that make sense to you guys? So it's out of here. So... Um, Jonathan, where are you? Yeah, there you are. So I, I watched that thing, and I was like, wow, it's cool, because a lot of the stuff that he put on that video you sent me is exactly what I was going to cover these next couple of weeks. And here's what he talks about. He goes, uh, he goes, a lot of us think like this, is we're trying to pray to God at a distance, and hopefully God will move, right? And that's where we get up all the weird things that you're taught, um, especially if you went to seminary, you really get taught crazy things, uh, where you're taught that sometimes he answers, sometimes he doesn't. Well, that, does it say that in Scripture anywhere? What does it say in Scripture? If you ask, I shall answer, right? That was the new covenant. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody's going to know me from the least to the greatest. No, you're going to have no need of a rabbi to teach you that he's in there. Isn't that weird? He poured it out on every human being in the world. He said, I poured it out on all flesh, and he's in there, and you're going to have no need, you're going to have no one need to tell you that he's in there, because he's going to teach you from the inside out is what he says. Isn't that wild? In the Old Covenant, he wrote it on tablets of stone. In the New Covenant, where is he going to write it? I'm going to put my teachings on your heart. Isn't that weird? So everything you need to know is already in you in the holiest of holies because you're in intimacy with him there. And every promise is what in, in the New Covenant? 
Yes and amen. It's already done. Yes is yes, not if, no, right? Sometimes God answers, sometimes he doesn't. No, that's not what it says. It says, if you require anything in my name, ask, and you shall receive so that you're not a hangry bride. So that your joy may be full is what he says, right? He's a good father. He's a good husband. He doesn't withhold anything good from you. So what's withholding anything? Just our condition of our heart. That's what he said. He said, you know, your heart, some of you got stony, stony hearts, some of you guys this, and some of you guys still think you need to qualify for stuff. You don't need to qualify for anything. You're seated with me on the throne, and you're, gonna, you're, not, trying to, you're not trying to reach heaven. You're seated in heavenly places doing things here. And it's just when you, when you realize it's already done, it says every promise is yes and amen is so be it. So that's why I think it's really fasting where I was teaching you a couple weeks ago that the Hebrew language, there's no future tense because everything is yes and amen. It's already been done and it's present. Isn't that cool? Once you can get that, your prayer life starts to change. So you're not praying to be prosperous. What are you? I am prosperous. So we start to condition our heart, I'm prosperous. And we bring that down. Because in the Old Covenant, Deuteronomy 28 says, if then, if then, and if you don't, then what happens? All kinds of bad stuff, right? But in the New Covenant, all it is is bless. All he does is bless. He said that every promise is not maybe or yes, no. Sometimes he says no, sometimes he says yes. That's just, you gotta learn that stuff in religion. What he says is, every promise is yes, so your joy may be full. Now, isn't that exciting? So prayer then becomes exciting to me. It's like, you mean every promise is yes? Oh, let's do this thing. Versus, oh, I got to set my alarm early, get up an hour early, be diligent, obedient, obey. Guys, how, how intimate would my wife be if I treated her that way? That's just goofiness, isn't it? She would not be happy with me. Since we now, if you really want to get my intimacy, wake up, I'm going to wake up an hour before me and then go to your closet and obey me. That's just crazy talk, isn't it? But somehow we pull off that that's, that's prayer somehow. I go, no, no, that's not a prayer. That's not prayer. Prayer is just intimacy. That's why he says, hey, you don't have a certain hour of prayer anymore. An hour of prayer was Old Covenant where they had the hour of prayer. And the New Covenant, he says, pray what? Without ceasing any time. It's just, it's an intimacy. It's, it's any time. It's not a set aside time. Follow me? So when he says in, in Philippians, he says, hey, think on these things, things that are lovely, pure, etc." That's what he wants you to be in all the time. Now, we fail at it a lot, but the more we can throw all of our cares on him and just be that. Does that make sense to you guys? And that, guess what? When you do it, you're just bringing heaven down to earth is all you're doing is you're realizing it's already done, and you spend your time being that. You, you're the I am. You're seated in the I am. So I am prosperous. I am healthy. I am whatever one you fit on there. I am restored. I am redeemed. Every promise is yes. You guys get it? Okay, what else I read on there? So uh, yeah, so he said, listen, you're going to release the ability in the spirit that flows out of you. So a lot of you guys are waiting for God to move. You're trying to, you pray to God, this distant God that's away from you, not intimate with you, and you hope he does something. Isn't that kind of prayer? And you get frustrated because here, here's what will really frustrate you, you guys. When the total heathen just wins, right? <laughs> and you're doing everything right, guys. You're, you're giving, you're serving, you're praying, you're reading your Bible like a good boy and girl. Now, your angry is all get out internally, but you're acting good. So uh, 
because you're not rested yet. You're, there's a rest in the new covenant. There's nothing to be done. It's just rest. Labor to enter into his rest. Is Jesus seated on the throne? Yes. Is he, is he, is he warring? Is he in a spiritual battle? No. So are you in a spiritual battle? No. No. Do you need intercessors? No. That's okay to have intercessors, but most of the time, I'm, mentally, when people go, oh, I'll pray for you, I go, no, I got this one. It's a... Uh, because I've seen your life. <laughs> it's better if you don't pray for me, honestly. It's, uh, you just, you do your thing and, and bind those demons over your house, I'm fine. Because they're, they're under my feet and they don't, they don't mess with me. It's because uh, this is life and life more abundantly. Does that, does that make sense? I'm just joking because they think they're doing a lot. They, they don't understand the war's already over. And he paraded captivity captive like a train behind him and the enemy's under her feet. Now, the only reason if the enemy's after you is because you think he's after you. He has no, he's been a liar, and he's always been a liar, and he's never had any power. You guys understand that? He's a liar. So all the weird stuff you've been taught, just realize he has no power. You're seated far above every principle that you've been taught, every power, and you, the, the earth's his footstool is what it said. Right? Doesn't, isn't that the same thing he says about us? Everything's under our feet. So just be. Be all the promises that are yes and amen. So that's what you spend time doing. That's prayer. Is go, wow, Lord, you did all this for me. I am prosperous. I am healed. I'm whole. I'm complete in every way. Whatever I put my hand to shall prosper. Wow, what a good God. Before I even ask, you answer. Isn't that crazy? That's what scripture says. Before you even ask, I answer. Why? Because he sits outside of time. It's already yes and I did it. And yes and amen and yes. That's why Hebrew doesn't have future tense. Because it was either it's done and it's present. You guys get it? Don't you know that when you feel really excited and positive and, and uh, you know something's done, how do you feel? Are you stressed about it? No. Right? Is this starting to make sense? So that's prayer. It's really just getting your head and your heart to take a breath, guys, and realize every promise is already yes and amen. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? Let's go through scripture so you don't think I'm crazy. All right, all right, this is just a review, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Now, you start looking at scripture very differently if you realize there's no future tense, that it's all yes and amen. Um, but Greek obviously has some future tense, and English has future tense. And so, but... Verse 6, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When did he do that? It says before the foundation of the world, that was already done. Now, when we realize that, if you read Corinthians, it says, hey, we no, we no longer judge. Here, here's Paul. This is what I love. Is Paul goes, um, I'm so excited. If you, I'm just paraphrasing. Paul goes, I'm so excited because we conclude this, that if one died, how many died? All died. Who's included in all? Is that, is that every human being? Yes. We all accept that, right? Because Paul says if one died, all died. When did Jesus die? 2,000 plus years ago. Really, it said before the foundation of the world because he sits all the time. That's just the mind bender of... of it's Because he, he is telos time. He, everything revolves around him. So really, it's a, kind of an illusion of time. That's why I love quantum mechanics and quantum physics and all that stuff, because there's, there's no time. It's really weird. But, uh, so before the foundation of the world, you died. Now, if one died, all died. Now, did, every, did all humanity die? Then when he rose, how many rose? No, no, no. A bunch of guys jumped out. 
and now we got to go evangelize them. <laughs> See? See how screwed up the message is? That's why it's only a partial gospel then. Now, does the world know? No. That's why we evangelize. But we don't evangelize to get them there. They're already there. Does that make sense? So all we do, guys, the Christ is, there's a deposit of Christ in every human being. In the, he is life. So there's no life outside of him. Does everybody agree with that? So how is the Muslim guy alive even though he's never heard about Jesus? Because Jesus is in, through, and holds his heart together. There's, everybody knows him. He says, I'm going to pour out my flesh on all flesh, and everyone will know me from the least to the greatest. So I'm not trying to get him to renounce Buddha or Allah or anything like that. I'm introducing him to Jesus. And who's Jesus? Unconditional love and light. It never fails, guys. All of a sudden, the, 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 the Holy Spirit in him leaps. And that's why a lot of this stuff, you'll know the truth when you hear it. It goes, oh, I knew God had to be that. That's typically how it goes. I knew God had to do, be like that. He's good. He's a good guy. Does that make sense? He's good all the time. All the time. Now, Christians don't really believe that, but they, they profess it. But then, yeah, but he might. You, so you get it. All, if one died, all died. So then he conquered sin and death. He preached. It says he went down to Sheol, to death and hell, and preached. And he has the keys to sin and death. And he led captivity captive. And on the third day, he rose for our justification. So if all died in him, and let's just assume nobody jumped out, then who rose with him? You guys get it? Everybody. Everybody. So it's not us versus them. They're in. They're in him. The good news is the good news. There's no bad news. There's no partiality. There's no shadow. There's no turning. Does that make sense? So anyway, that's a whole other deal. But So he raised us up together. He did it. He did it. He raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in him. Are you in him? That's what it says. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. What's not of yourselves there? The faith, right? It says by grace you have been saved through faith and that, not of yourselves. It is the gift. So Jesus was the only one that could say, you know what, Father? I give you my spirit into your hands. And he went down to hell and he says, I know, I know God won't leave my body down there for corruption. Isn't that beautiful? So once you get that, so he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, it's the gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared when? Beforehand. What's beforehand? If I, if I say, uh, if Dave and Rose, you come over to my house and um, uh, let's see, what, what can I make up? Um, if you, well, let's just say, uh, uh, if I did anything beforehand, you know what that means, right? It doesn't mean you guys are going to perform it or I'm going to perform it at that time. What does it mean? I already did it. Does that make sense? So, for we are his workmanship, which created in Christ Jesus for good works, which were prepared beforehand. So before we did any of this, he prepared the work. You guys get this? So how much work did he do? When you realize that Jesus is outside of time, anything you're ever going to need the rest of your life, when did he do it? Beforehand. So that all you need to do is walk in it. How cool is that? So when, when, when's the time for stressing? It's over. That's why I said, he goes, listen, once you really get that, and you're, you're, you know where you're seated, and you're in a joint heir of Jesus Christ, just be it. Just be it. 
because he did all the work. He's rested. That's why Paul says labor ended in his rest. Just enjoy his work. Does that, does that make sense? And that's why if you read the Old Testament, the first five books of the Old Testament are what? The Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? And then it says, who died? Moses died. What was Moses representative of? The law, the Old Covenant, the, the Pentateuch, right? The five books. Moses died, and then who crossed over the River Jordan into the New Covenant? Joshua. What's Joshua's name? Yeshua. The law had to die. Yeshua brings you into the New Covenant. You guys get it? The Bible actually means things. So, not what you were taught. It's actually good stuff. So, uh, you sh- so the law had to die, it had to fade away, it had to go away, etc., because it had a fading glory, is what it says. The old song, the old covenant, you guys, I've taught you well enough on all that. Anything that's old, fading, leaving is old covenant, right? Does that make sense? And then Jesus is the telos time, everything revolves around him, and so once all that's done, once the law's out of your life, then what do you do? You cross over into the promised land, the promises. You guys get it? Isaac was a child of Promise. Ishmael was what? Child of Hagar, work, slave. I got to work to be pleasing to God. I got to work to get in him. I got to repent, prepare. I got to do all this stuff. He goes, no, no, cast that one out. Throw that one out because that's not a son. The son is a son of promise. So a promise is, if I say, hey, I promise this is true about you, what do you need to do? What's your part? Just believe it, right? So the law is dead. Moses is dead. You're into the new covenant. What's true about you in the new covenant? everything. You're seated on the throne, so just be. So what's prayer? Just being. Does that that make sense to you guys? All right, next slide. I don't remember what I put up there. All right, so I'm just going to give you a couple more supporting scriptures. John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, you guys know what feast he's, he's at there? Tabernacles. So what was tabernacles? Any of you guys, some of you guys got some probably Messianic Jews friends. Tabernacles, yeah, what's the booth? They set up a little pump tent and they go live in it, right? Kind of weird, but. Uh, and I, I don't have any problem with that because people are like, oh, we do all this stuff. I go, that's great. As long as you know that those are just symbolic of Jesus that it's already done. So you go sitting on a booth in a tent where you could be sitting there eating a hot dog and drinking a beer at Yankee Stadium with me and you're in a booth. That's not life and life more abundantly. That's called camping to me. It's like, that's not, I don't camp anymore. I used to camp when I was broke and poor and I don't camp. Um, my kids like, kind of like to camp, but I just don't camp. So camping to me is like, I'll go out to the fire, but then I need a, a nice shower and a nice bed. And that's just camping to me. So anyway, um, some of you guys love it. That's fantastic. I'm just over it. <laughs> so, uh, so here's what happened, though. See, here's what's fascinating to me. At the Feast of Tabernacles, and what did, when, when Jesus was born, what did, what, did, what did the angels say? Emmanuel, right? God's with us. Does that make sense? So Tabernacles means God and man are, are living together. Is that true today? Yes, yes. He's in you and you're in him. In that day when I pour out my spirit, you're going to realize what's always been true about you. You're going to realize that I'm in you and you're in me. What's that? It's called marriage covenant. We're, two, we're one. Two have become one. It's a mystery. Does that make sense? 
So on the, on the last day of the, the uh, Feast of Tabernacles or booths, like Lord, or Lisa said, it means God's living and we're dwelling together. And then the last day of the tabernacles, what the priests would do, they would go to the pool of Siloam and they would take a golden pitcher and they would pour water from underneath the throne as the last day of tabernacles. Now, is there any clue about what that's symbolic of? You're the temple. Out of the belly is going to flow rivers of living water. You guys get it? So this is what he's talking about. And that last day, that great day of the feast, so here, and it's fascinating because they're praying and they're going, Lord, pour out your rain, pour out uh, so we can have an abundant harvest, etc." And they're doing all their dancing and, and Hebrew singing. And they go, Lord, we're praying for all this stuff. And all of a sudden, Jesus stands up in the middle of it and he goes, it's right here, boys. That's what he's saying. In that day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. All this water deal you're doing is symbolic. It's going to come out of you. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has saith, out of his belly, his innermost parts, shall flow rivers of living water. Now the priests in the old covenant would pour water underneath the throne on the day of tabernacles as it meant that there was water coming out from the throne room. Well, where's the throne room? In here. He's tabernacling with you. He's inside you. He's in the holiest of holies. Your body's the temple is what Paul says. It's all a picture of God and man are one now. You guys get it? All right, so the belly, the river, he that believeth on me, the scripture that saith out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this he spake of the spirit, he tells you what he was talking about, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So when was the spirit given? At Pentecost, right? 50 days after Passover, then what happened? He poured out his spirit on all flesh, and the old covenant at Pentecost, what happened? He gave the law. They went to Mount Sinai and they gave you uh, tablets written on stone, which causes what? Death is what it says. But the Spirit brings life. So the old covenant, anytime you see dying, it's a type and shadow of what's going to happen is life in the new covenant. So when the, when the law was given at Mount Sinai, how many people died? 3,000. When the Spirit was given at Pentecost in the new covenant, how many people lived? 3,000. You guys get how the Bible works? So you can't look at the Bible and go, God's this angry guy, death, etc. All that is, guys, it's a picture of I'm going to consume all flesh. All flesh is going to die. Moses is going to die. All your self-efforts are going to die. And once you die, what happens? New life. I'm going to operate in the spirit now. You guys get it? So I'm not trying to learn anything. I'm not, I don't have my head in that book to try learning. He, he says, I'm in here and I'm going to write my teachings on your heart. Now, nothing wrong with getting in the book. You guys understand that, right? But I've seen people praying in tongues and in the book and doing all this, and they're, they're not experiencing life because they're still trying to get to the throne versus realizing they're, they're already on the throne. And they're trying to get to God to move, not, not realizing that I've given you the Spirit, and you can move the Spirit anytime you want. You bring heaven down to earth. It's you. You're my ambassadors. You guys get it? Now, I want to clarify one thing because a lot of you guys grew up Word of Faith Charismatic kind of like I did. And they will tell you it's your faith level which allows you to produce. No, it's the ability of the spirit that he's given you for free that will produce. When I was praying for my friend at my house last Saturday, I didn't pray in tongues. I didn't do anything. I just released what I knew I had, which was life and healing. Didn't have to say a word. You guys get it? Oh, man, that's easy, isn't it? Isn't that easier than, oh, did I fast today? Oh, man, look at my faith level. You're already defeated. Because you're not resting and go, it's already done. Look to him. He's the author and finisher of it all. He, he's going to give us something. 
out of my belly is going to flow rivers of living water. So Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. How many of you guys have seen that? If you, if you turn on the TV, they say, power, like that. Like, weird. Is Jesus screaming power? Then you don't need to scream power. Is Jesus screaming Jesus? Then you don't need to scream Jesus. What's Jesus doing? I don't know, checking the scores. I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's living life with us. Does that make sense? So, you shall receive power, and we'll talk about what that word means, that dynamis, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Has the Holy Ghost come upon you? Yeah, that Pentecost. That's what, that's what Peter said. Listen, no, no, no. These guys aren't drunk. They're praying in other languages. And if you go look at what are they, what are they saying? Are they going sha-da-da-da-da-da-da? What are they doing at Pentecost? They said, I heard them in my own language proclaiming the wonderful works of Jesus. So it's not angels' language. It's their language. They heard the gospel. You guys get it? Now, there's a higher way than tongues. You guys know that, right? You know how I know that? Because does it say prophecy will cease, tongues will cease? Doesn't it say that? Prophecy is going to cease. Tongues are going to cease. And then what's left? My love relationship with you. So I don't have any problem with that, but I've just realized, the more I've understood that, I go, wait a minute, all these tongue talkers, um, there's a better way. There's a higher way. How do I know that? Because I know that love never fails. It endures forever, and tongues are going to fail. They're going to cease. Prophecy is going to cease. And all that's going to be left is me and Jesus in an intimate relationship, and I don't have to speak a weird language to him. That'd be like me trying to tell my wife, and I'll just interpret, sweetie. She's like, what? Just talk so I understand. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I'll go tongue, tongue talk as much as you want. Um, <laughs> fine, but I just, believe it's, I just believe it's speaking in a language that people understand. That's what Paul was saying. Listen, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Why did t- Paul pray in tongues more than all of them? Because he was going to all these cities, preaching in their language. You guys get it? But he goes, but if I'm in an assembly, I would rather speak five intelligible words than 10,000 shabbadabadabas. Why? Because he's preaching the gospel to them. You guys get it? There's just a higher way. There's a better way. It's operating in love, seated on the throne with him in perfect intimacy. You guys get it? Okay. So, and here's how I know this is true, too, because I've got friends that pray in tongues a lot. I've got friends that don't pray in tongues a lot. And uh, typically, the guys who don't pray in tongues a lot have better lives. Just being honest. So I know it's not what you guys have been taught. Um, and I, I know what you've been taught. And Alan, when you're in heaven, are, are the angels going to cease? Is their language going to cease? Well, then why are tongues going to cease? If that's an angelic language. They can stop talking? Just something to think about. Okay. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses under both me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the othermost parts of the earth. And here's what helps word studies says about power. Dynamus from 1410, which is dynamai, able, having the ability, properly, ability to perform for the believer, power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. Whose abilities are we empowering? The Spirit's abilities, the Lord's abilities, Right? Power through God's ability is literally what it means. So here's what he's saying. When the Holy Spirit's poured out, you shall receive God's ability. You shall receive it. 
When, did, when was the Spirit poured out? At Pentecost. That's what Peter said. He said, listen, these guys aren't drunk. This is what was prophesied about, about Joel. That I'm going to pour out my Spirit on how much flesh? All. All flesh. Does that make sense? Okay. So is there any flesh that hasn't been poured out on? No. So we don't need the Spirit to fall. We don't need to touch the guy for anointing, etc. You don't have a junior high Spirit. You got his Spirit. You have his ability. Follow me? Now, when you realize you have his ability, the stress for you to go perform is off because you're not doing anything. You're just a conduit allowing him to perform. And how do you do it? You just realize it's already been done. All the works have been done beforehand. So really, all I try to do, and you just experiment with the guys, but I just try rest and try to get my head and my heart to go, ah, stop trying, like, just connect with him and see it already done. Is, when I was with my friend, is there, is there sickness in heaven? No. So all I was trying to do is see her, she's a grandma, so I was just trying to see her joyful, happy, with her kids, going, that's who you are, Lord. You restore all things, you heal all things, just release that into her. And I was doing nothing but just concentrating on it, letting it flow through me. You guys get it? And it works. How cool is that? Because we received his ability. Does that make sense? It's his ability, not us. We receive it. You shall receive. If Jesus says you shall receive something, is there any possibility you're not going to receive it? No. Right? Now, you got to learn this again that you don't have it. You got to learn that you didn't pray in tongues enough, you didn't do this enough, you didn't fast enough. How many of you have heard services on the price of power? There's a price to pay. Right? When I went to Bible school, that's what they told me. There's a price to pay. You guys have all heard that. We just violated all the rules. So, so going, you got to fast on this day. I'm like, it's Nigeria, it's hot, I'm thirsty, I'm drinking, I don't care about your fast deal. Because if, if I'm, that's a jerk husband if he's not going to let me drink something when I'm thirsty. Is it not? I just think it's weird. So anyway, you guys get it? Don't you all think that's a little weird? That if you wanted to have intimacy with your wife, you'd tell her don't drink or eat anything so you can get close to me? <laughs> we've, we've pawned that off for 2,000 years and go, that's the price to pay to get your prayers answered. Just nonsense, guys. So all right, next slide. Matthew 6, 7. But when you pray, don't sit there and beat the thrones of heaven with vain repetitions or bombard the gates of hell. Right? You guys all know the parable of... Uh, uh, the unjust judge and the nag. Right? That's how I like to put it. There's a woman, and she's nagging the judge. Isn't that basically what it says? And the judge, it says he's an unjust judge. Is Jesus unjust? No. So he's trying to compare. He's like, listen, even in the natural, the nag, the, the judge is going to get tired of her. She's like, man, she's here again. She's wearing me out. Just give her what she wants. That's really what it says, Right? And she's repeating it, nagging it. Now, how many of you guys have been taught, like, that's prayer. Just keep, keep bugging the judge. What do we call that? A nag, right? Just stop already. Because Jesus goes, that's not me. I may just judge. I answer what? Speedily. If you go read the parable. Does that make sense? And you know how speedily it is? Before you asked, I answered now, once you get that, go, wow, prayer's kind of cool. I need this, Lord. Oh, yeah, you already said yes to that. Oh, thank you, Father. I'm just going to be that. I'm going to bring heaven down to earth now because I know you love me. If you know my love for you, the width, the length, the breadth, the... you guys know what I'm saying, Ephesians 3.19, right? The width, the length, the breadth, the depth of my love for you, I will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you think or ask. Hallelujah, man. That's a promise, isn't it? Is, do you see any yes? Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no in there. 
Never. I don't know where we get all this religious teaching. I guess because their prayers aren't being answered, so they don't know what they're doing. So, but when you pray, don't be a nag, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their nagging. That's my paraphrase. Verse 8, be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you need of when? Before you even ask him. So prayer is just this intimacy that he wants to do it through us and with us. You guys get it? Okay, so verse 9, after this manner therefore pray, our Father which, is heart in, which, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Who else is in heaven? You're in heaven, seated in heavenly places, far above all other principles and powers. The earth's your footstool, so everything physical here is what? Under your feet. You guys get it? So, the, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, where? As it's already in heaven. So what's, what's, what's it like in heaven? There's no crying, there's no pain, there's no separation, there's righteousness, peace, and joy. So he goes, here's, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before you've even asked, I've answered. You guys get it? See how simple prayer is? So how do you pray? First of all, sit down, rest, right? And be intimate with a father who loves you perfectly and a husband who loves you perfectly. That before you even ask, he knows what you need. So he goes, let's just do this together. Because I'm a, I want to be intimate with you. I, I have a marriage covenant and a relationship with you. And I want to be your provider. I want to be your healer. I want to be your, your everything. And just freely receive it to me. Free, freely receive it from me. Is this starting to make sense, guys? So when you pray, it's not... It's not... Uh, it's not speaking to a distant God, hoping he moves. It's getting in here, right? And just resting in him and going, wow, Lord, every promise is yes and amen. So what, just give me something that people struggle with, anything. I don't really care. Yeah, so here, here's, it, let's just talk about that a lot. Because uh, do I believe in confession? Yes, I do. But I've seen a lot of people confess, 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 got stickies, got this, got that, and I haven't seen one thing change. So what's lacking? They're not letting it flow out of here. Does that make sense? Now, if, if, the, if the confession is, because confession doesn't mean keep doing it and saying those things. Don't do that. You think you're, it's really, it's really reprogramming you a little bit. It's going, I am, I am valuable. I am worthy. I am loved. I am healed. It's really helping yourself Settle in your heart what's already true about you. Does that make sense? But if you can just rest in that and just experience, hey, this is who I am. You see yourself valuable. You see yourself loved until you feel the emotion. That's that river of living water starting to flow out of you. Follow me? And you know, you guys know, you're watching a movie or something, all of a sudden just something triggered and you're just weepier. Can't you feel that? And you can just, like, it's, it's intimate and real. Are, are emotions real? They're very real. They're more powerful than this. Does that make sense? So there's different times. Uh, uh, in, in fact, there's, if you come to my office, there's a picture of my girlfriend and I, my wife. People get confused. She goes, I thought you were married. I go, she's still my girlfriend. So, um, and, uh, and she's like on her, on her heels kissing me. Like on her heels kissing me. I go, oh man, that just melts me. I just feel loved, honestly. I feel loved when I look at that picture. That's a, that's a real thing. That's rivers of living water flowing out of my belly. Now, let's say my marriage wasn't that way. You know what I would do? I would still look at that picture and feel that feeling and go, Lord, make it that. 
That's bringing heaven down to earth. Does that make sense? And he goes, I knew that's what you wanted, Mike, and I've answered you before you even asked. Does that make prayer simple? So let's say it's, uh, you're stressed about whatever. I don't really care. Does he say be, does he say be a worrywart? Does he say get all your friends together on Facebook and be prayer warriors? Let's come into agreement. I get it. And it, you, it's real when you come into people that really get it. Well, coming into agreement is, is real. Uh, meaning that you find somebody who knows it's already done. You're, you're coming into agreement doesn't make it real. Does that, does that make sense? So I believe in coming to agreement because scripture talks about it. But what I'm saying is I think a lot of people go, if I assemble enough people that just, I agree with you, sometimes there's nothing there because they don't really believe it's already done in their heart. And they're trying to agree to make it happen. Agreement means it's already been done because before the foundation of the world, he made the works beforehand. You already are prosperous. You're already healed. Your business is already this. And you experience it as if it's already done because there's no future tense in God's language in Hebrew. So is this, is this starting to make sense to you guys? So prayer is just this, seated on the throne. I'm going to bring heaven down to earth. I know all of it's already done, and I just release it out of my spirit. Out of my bellies are going to flow rivers of living water. You guys get it? Does that help? All right, last slide. You can get to your feet. I think, that, I think that helps you. So now, and just play with it, guys. Just, just you know what? When you're laying in bed, etc. Oh, here's something I want to share with you, too. And I'll, I'll cover this once, one more week, I think, because it's just, uh, um, I want you to get how beautiful and simple it is. Because it's, it's, a, it's a real thing that he's given you, so your joy may be full, right? So here's the thing. If our joy is not full, that just means something going on in here that we don't know is already done. Now, there's parts of my life that I can feel my joy is not full. See, that, that gives me joy right there. Like, it does. I go, wow, look, what up? Okay, sweetie, here's what we're going to do tonight. You're going to go in your closet. I'm going to go in my closet. We're not going to eat or drink, and it's going to be an intimate night. Fired up. Okay? And pray in tongues a lot. What a weird thing. That's not prayer, guys. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's not. And something in your heart, you know that's not true. It's not because <laughs> that's going to cease. Does that make sense? And all that's going to be left is an intimate, loving relationship. Unconditional love is going to be left. That's why it says that. And there's a better way. So, all right. Uh, what was I saying? Was I nothing important then? You distracted me. Um, all right. So you're not begging God, waiting for Him to move. I want you to get that. You can release the Spirit anytime you want. That's why it says pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean just praying in tongues, guys. That means knowing it's, you can pray in tongues forever. And unless this changes, you're not going to get much out of it. I can just assure you that. Despite what all the Word of Faith guys teach, um, I was just reading another one today. Man, they blow up. They blow up. They just do. Stuff happens and they blow up. Their kids blow up. Their marriage blows up. Something blows up. Because they're, finally their willpower goes away. <sighs> Does that make sense? Okay. So, knowing that it's already done, and you can release it anytime you want. So, you're not begging God, waiting for him to move. He's not distant. He's in, the, he's in you. He's got an intimate relationship with you. Out of you is going to flow rivers of living water. And he said, when you receive this rivers of living water, what have you received? God's ability. God's ability to perform. Does that make sense? So how does God's ability to perform? We see it as already done, knowing it's already done until we feel the emotion, the feeling, etc. And just, yes, Lord, make it happen. Once you get that emotion, etc., you know when you know when you're knower when it's done. Does that make sense? 
And so, oh, I know what I was going to say. Is, uh, a lot of you guys have been taught that. This is, um, uh, he doesn't really care if, if, he, if you got yourself into the mess. Right? Because if, there, if we're in any kind of a mess, who got us into it? God? No. So the, the reality is, is we got ourselves into every mess. Does that make sense? So, because the world will try to do this. As soon as you do this, then God can trust you with the next thing. It does not say that. It does not say that. I'm sorry. It says, I don't withhold any good thing. Does that make sense? I've given you my ability. Now, do we do all kinds of crazy things with it? Yeah, we do. Most of us start believing the negative stuff in our heart, and that's what we go produce. But he's not producing it. Does that make sense? Lord, why are you doing this? The devil's attacking me. The devil's on your feet. He's not attacking you. You're eating yourself up from the inside out. You're creating your own darkness. You're creating your own evil. Does that make sense? Because evil's just lack of light. So, but the light's shining in darkness. It says it doesn't turn. Every, every part of our lives that's not perfect, the light's still shining there. We just can't see it. That's all the scripture says. So we create our own nonsense. Does that make sense? And then we blame it on the devil and get our Facebook friends and bottom the gates of heaven. And, and then... <laughs> And the world goes, What's, they're just weird. Like, yeah, I know, man. That's why I'm like, you're a Christian? Ah, mm, mm. Tell me what a Christian is to you. <laughs> so maybe, I'm not, if, if, if it's what I think it is, then no, no. That's like when somebody goes, oh, I know, oh, you're friends of him? Yeah. You just learn after a while, like, yeah, is that good or bad, right? So, uh, oh, I know him, you know, one of those deals. And I just go, yeah. Just wait for their response to see if it's good or bad, whether I know them. So anyway. You're not begging God. You're releasing his ability. It says, on that day, I'm going to pour out my spirit, and you're going to receive dunamis. You're going to receive my ability to perform. And you can release that spirit anytime you want. How do you do it? Spiritual things are not seen things. The, if, you, if you don't like what you see here, can you change it? Yes, so your joy can be full. You change what's in here. You start to believe and see and feel that it's already done, that every promise is yes and amen. He loves me perfectly. Are you... Are you is he upset with your sin, the stuff you're struggling with? Man, that'll, that's a killer for most of us, is we still think we're, we're guilty. But he says, you know what? You're perfect and spotless bride in my eyes, as if you've never made a mistake. <sighs> Once you can get that, now, the, now the, you start being grateful, and the Spirit just is, releases easier. Does that make sense to you guys? If you can't figure out, like, nothing's moving in your life with prayer, I know I'm giving you a lot right now, but it's real, just get into gratitude. If you're struggling in your marriage... Like we were early on, you know what we just did? Man, I love this about her. I love that about her. I love this. I love that I live in the United States of America. I love that I live in Colorado. I love that it's sunny. There's always something to be grateful for. Does that make sense? And guess what? When you start to think on these things, lovely, pure, etc., that's who he is. That's the spirit that withholds all, everything together. He's in and through and holds the universe together. That's him. It's his love. It operates on gratitude and love. That's why it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He doesn't say battle the demons over your house. Does he? He's under your feet. That deal's over. He's paraded that nonsense away. So you just be joyful in him, grateful, etc. Seeing yourself healed, prosperous, because you are that in him. Guys, get it? Okay, so you are the temple of God. And out of the temple, just like the old covenant says the temple, the, the high priest would pour the water underneath the temple floor. It was symbolic of the spirit. It flows out of you whenever you want. Okay? So you're seated with him on the throne. If a, if a king says this is how it's going to be, How's it going to be? That's how it's going to be. Your faith level doesn't produce it. Jesus produced it because he seated you with him. It's his ability. That's what I want to get because a lot of you guys think it's praying in tongues and 
man, I fasted today, so I, I'm, a, I'm after the devil today. Well, that's weird, because he's still under your feet. So you're seated with him on the throne, because when you were still dead in sin, he placed you there. So it's his ability you're using, so you don't have to worry about whether you have enough of it or don't have enough. You guys get that? It's, it's important, because a lot of you guys were charismatic. And you need some dude's anointing or something, right? Or you need to fall down and somebody chase you with a little rag. And... Do you, is that, if you read Revelation, is that happening at the throne run of God? No. <laughs> no. So there's a better way than running around covering up a lady because she fell down in the spirit. There's a better way. Does that make sense? It's to know you're seated there in perfect love right now. The baddest dude on the planet because you're releasing his ability. You don't have to fall down. I don't think Jesus is falling down in the spirit. It's okay, but it's, there's a better way. That's what I'm trying to get you to do. So, you've been given the ability to bring heaven to earth as a son. That's what he said, pray this way. Bring heaven down to earth. And you have the ability because he's given you his spirit and you can release it anytime you want. The work's done. See, feel, completed. Bring it to pass. You guys get it? Okay, so let's just pray real quick and you're out of here, okay? Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Just let this truth that they're seated far above every principle they've been taught, every power, anything. They're so far above it. They don't even operate there. They operate in perfect love, which never fails. Seated with you in heavenly places, and you've already answered everything before they asked. Any work that was going to be done, you did it beforehand so they can just live in it. So we say thank you for that, that they're not trying to be healed. They're healed, and they can just rest. From all their stuff they're trying to do, have enough faith, everything to be healed, they are healed. They are in the I am. They are the healed. Father, they are prosperous. The latest technique, the latest this, that's all fine. But you made them rich, and they are prosperous. Let them operate from that belief system in their heart. Let them know that you've already restored relationships. You've already restored everything. Anything that is lacking of joy, you've already said yes to and provided it so they can just walk in that joy. So we just say thank you. That is done. And that's the amazing, amazing new covenant we have in you, in him. All things are yes and amen. We just say thank you in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.